Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors completed... A double overtime 100-25-122 to to win over the Boston Celtics in Game 6 to force the two best words in sports, Game 7, to force Game 7. But before I go on to tell you what happened in this game, I mean, an instant classic, an absolute banger of a game. I have to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now. Ever since Norm Powell was giving you buckets in overtime, you can't get buckets out of your head. And I'm not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. Happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute, I'm daydreaming with a $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. But don't worry, it's normal. Even happens to most NBA players during actual games. Just means that you are hungry. So order your bucket online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. All right, so... um, (laughs) All right, all right. Oh, man. Um, First off, just... An insanely entertaining game. Um, just as a basketball fan, I am I'm so pleased in terms of uh, what went on today. I mean, just put aside the fact that the Raptors won. The quality of basketball, the level of drama, uh, just everything about this game was just perfect. It, it was a perfect game. And, of course, it was perfect because the Raptors won. <laughs> All right? The Raptors won. You know what? Double overtime. It took two overtime periods for the Raptors to win, and they won. They won this game. They forced Game 7. And it was just an outrageous game. Outrageous. Obviously, a must-win scenario for the Raptors. You need everyone, all hands on deck. And that's kind of what you got here. That it, Everybody contributed to this one. And that's where the Raptors have their best games, is when all the players are chipping in. Everyone who comes on the floor chips in. All right, Even Pascal, who might have been their worst player tonight in terms of just shot-making. I mean, he shot really terribly. But, like... The Raptors, they got contributions from everyone, and that's this team. This team plays together as a group. They, this team plays together, and I mean, <laughs> I mean the Celtics. I listen. If you're the Celtics right now, what are you thinking right now? So first off, you have uh, Jalen Brown complaining about Nick Nurse. All right, wow, <laughs> complaining about Nick Nurse, saying a grown man should be able to control himself. Please, all right, maybe you should be able to control Norman Powell in the overtime periods. Maybe, maybe do that. All right, maybe talk to Marcus Smart about the fact that he flops more than a fish on a line. Maybe talk about about that, okay? Maybe talk about Bulbasaur, all right? Just maybe maybe give him something like Beverly or something like that. But um yeah, you know, it's uh you know, I'm just I'm just wondering what the Celtics are thinking right now because you have the Raptors on the ropes in game 3. You're already up 2 nothing. Kemba Walker just dribbles in a circle and he finds Daniel Tice for a dunk. People are celebrating. You're, you're thinking sweep. Celtics are about to go 7-0 in the playoffs at that point. And then 0.5 seconds left. You give up. Taco Fall. Oh, Kyle Lowry throws a pass over Taco Fall. OG hits the 3. All of a sudden, it's 
and then you lose the next game, and it's 2-2. And then you take game five in emphatic fashion. People are like, see, the Celtics are way better than the Raptors, all right? You know, the Raptors are done, all right? The Celtics have all this talent. You have all these other guys. And the Celtics do have a lot of talent, man. I respect a lot of these players on that team. Maybe not necessarily as people, because I vehemently hate everybody there right now. But I can admit, as a basketball fan, again, Jason Tatum, fantastic player. Jalen Brown, fantastic player. He's really come alive the last two games. Marcus Smart, really, really good defender that is just, again, extreme. It's impressive how shameless he is with the flopping. All right, Daniel Tice has really stepped up. He had a lot of big plays today. Kemba Walker, also, you know, the, the scoring has been tough. The Raptors are locking in on him, but his passing has been really good, surprisingly good. Like, this is a fantastic team. Brad Stevens is a really good coach, but again... What are, what are the Celtics thinking right now? Because they had the Raptors on the ropes again here in Game 6. They had a double-digit lead in the first half. The Raptors looked sluggish. The Celtics were hitting all these threes. The Raptors came out in the zone. Everything was looking the Celtics' way. The Raptors did not get off to a great start. It wasn't a terrible start. It wasn't like, okay, they're getting blown out like in Games 1 and 5. They didn't no-show. But the Celtics were up. The Celtics were in control. And the Raptors took that control from them. And you know what? The Raptors had to climb out of that big deficit in the first half. Serge Ibaka hitting three triples, all right? And, and I'm not sure in a row, but definitely within a short span, including one where it was a four-point play where Kyle Lowry took a charge on Daniel Tice, okay? Um, you, you have that to give the Raptors life, and then the Raptors in the third quarter, they push ahead. They look good. The third quarter has been the Raptors' quarter, this only quarter in the whole series that the Raptors have Really dominated, although I guess now uh, the second overtime is also the Raptors' quarter. So if it ever goes to double OT, expect the Raptors to win. But um, yeah, the third quarter has been the great equalizer for the Raptors. They've been great in the third quarter. They come out, you know, strong. The Raptors get up seven points, and you're like, okay, you know, Raptors, maybe they can maintain this. They go into the fourth quarter up four. The Raptors have some momentum. And then the Celtics, they thought they were throwing the knockout punch again because this time they. First off, they start their uh, starters to start the fourth quarter. That's not what the Celtics usually do. But Brad Stevens was like, F it. We got to go for the kill right now. All right. These are the champions. We can't give them another chance. So he puts the starters in at the start of the fourth quarter. Right. The entire starting five. They run pick and roll with Kemba Walker. They have a great plan for what they want to do. And what they keep getting time and time again out of this pick and roll is open corner threes. The Raptors are unable to control the initial penetration at the top of the floor. Kemba obviously draws two defenders to him. He's been really good at dribbling and keeping this, uh, you know, uh, pass alive and dribble alive getting around the defenders, or if not, really just anticipating the help, slipping that ball to Daniel Tyson middle of the floor to four on three, and then rotation, boom, kick out to the corner. Celtics playing beautiful team basketball, okay? And you have Marcus Smart hitting a three. You have Jalen Brown hitting two threes. You have uh, Jason Tatum hitting a three at the top after the Raptors close out and contest. They're like, they're, they're working their asses off, and the Celtics are just hitting all these banger threes, and you're like, God damn it, the Celtics are just better, okay? Maybe they're just better. But they're not. That's the thing. They thought they delivered the knockout punch like 15 different times. And the Raptors are still up, man. This is like some Rocky shit. Like, honestly, like, I don't understand. This is it's like some cinematic stuff right here. Because the Raptors, even in the fourth quarter, even after going up, even after climbing out the, the deficit in the, in, from the first half, going up in the third quarter, then giving up that lead to a barrage of Celtics threes, the Raptors still come back. And two things happened, actually, when the Raptors came back. One, Kyle Lowry hit two pull-up threes, just absolute, just manna from heaven, kind of just like, you know what, no one else can score right now, Pascal can't get layups to drop, we need 
somebody to score and stop the run. The Celtics have all the momentum. And what does Kyle Lowry do? Pull up three over uh, Jalen Brown. Pull up three over uh, Jason Tatum. Both these guys are big, tall dudes. Eight inches on Kyle Lowry. Great wingspan. You know, people vote on the defensive, all defense teams, whatever. Kyle Lowry, two pull up threes, bang, right in their eyes. Right after Kyle had a really good third quarter as well. You know, he had a pull up three over Grant Williams, for example. But, uh, Kyle just giving them that little bit of scoring. And then Nick Nurse also making the key substitution there because what he saw at the start of the fourth quarter was that the Celtics were killing them in the pick and roll. And they were moving the ball so beautifully. And, of course, they were shooting the ball really beautifully. But most importantly, it was the penetration at the top and then the speed at which the Celtics were moving the ball around. They were playing beautiful team basketball. That looked like the Celtics at their very best. So what does Nick Nurse do? He has a crucial decision to make here. And Nick decides he's going small ball. He's tr- he's trusting Norman Powell here, right? Because normally, obviously, Nick really loves having his centers out there, right? Serge, Mark, those guys usually play 48 minutes. But you know what? Both those guys, even though they both had good games, and I'll talk about them in a second, but no centers. Let's go with Norm at the two guard. Let's, or I guess he's playing three. Let's go with OG at the five, all right? And so, you know realistically the Raptors haven't gone to the small ball lineup that much in this series uh Nick has really valued having that rim protection on the floor especially when you got a guy like Tatum especially when you got a guy like Brown those guys are really good attacking the basket Kemba to a lesser degree but you know even Kemba's been really slithery at the rim Nick usually values the, the center but I mean in this situation Nick basically decided we need to be a little bit more we need to be a lot faster defensively no offense to this surge but he's got a he's got a bad left ankle right now. He's not that fast to begin with. We he's fast for a big, I guess, but we need speed out there at all spots. So he he made the Raptors quicker by going to the small ball line, and he made the Raptors more switchable. So if there were mismatches, if it was like okay, you know what, OG has to come out and guard Kemba, that's okay. That's not actually a mismatch. If OG has to come out and switch and guard. Uh, you know, uh, Jalen or, or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, that's okay. And so the Raptors go to the small ball lineup and it just, it just clicks. It works. The Celtics aren't getting as much open looks in terms of just the ones that were just absolutely threatening to put the Raptors into extinction in the six, in the fourth quarter there. They, they go to the small ball lineup and it matches the Celtics. It matches the Celtics the entire way. And then it becomes this sort of back-and-forth affair. You know, the Celtics are trying to work the pick-and-roll. Pick-and-roll game's not working as well. There's a lot more isolation, a lot more broken possessions. There's a lot more just like, I don't know, man, um, random possessions and stuff like that. And the Celtics, give them credit, man. They were tough. They pushed the Raptors all the way to the end. The Raptors also pushed them to the end. But, you know, came down to the last play of regulation. Um, you know, the Raptors had to execute. Norman Powell gives them a you know a drive for, for for some free throws, you know some threes, and you're just like, okay, finally we got some scoring from Norm. And again, I, I you know <laughs> I gotta give a big apology to Norman Powell, my man Norman Powell. He, obviously, I went in very very hard on him in after the Game Five performance, which was legitimately bad. Of course, a lot of players played bad, but I focused a lot on Norm because he had not been necessarily there games one through five. But oh my goodness, was Norm good? Norm was so good. So from the bottom of my heart, Norm God, I apologize. I mean, the things I said about you weren't necessarily untrue, but the fact that he delivered today, it was unbelievable because he delivered at the end of the fourth quarter there. Now, the thing is, he delivered with the scoring to sort of force the tie, but the Raptors had the ball uh, with 19 seconds left, I believe, and they, they had a play. Now, obviously, the game was tied, and so Nick Nurse 
you know, had a chance to drop a game-winning play. Now, of course, we all we just saw that OG3, uh, that was already pretty uh, impressive from a coach in terms of just, like, drawing up a play in short situations. But this time, 19 seconds. Now, the ball, you know, swings around. It goes to Norm at the top of the floor. And you're like, wow, really? We're going with the Norm ISO here. Okay. So, first off, it was just a straight ISO, which was a little surprising. But you know what? I didn't hate it. You know what? It didn't really produce a good result. But what it did do was that uh, it allowed for the Raptors to kill the clock completely, right? Because um, they did not leave any time. If this series has taught you anything, it's that 0.5 seconds could change an entire franchise. Okay, so you can't leave any time on the clock, so the Raptors were able to do that. And then B, you know, you got to avoid a turnover, because there's nothing more costly than a live ball turnover in the end of the shot clock. You might look super stupid losing the whole season on that. So no turnover, and, and and of course, you got an okay shot with Norm pulling up over Kemba. Like, what's that, a 30% shot, maybe? Now, Kemba's short, and Kemba didn't want to foul, so Kemba stayed down. But Norm elevating, shooting over Kemba, that is still a clean look. So, you know what, I don't even think that's a high percentage shot on the whole. Maybe it's only like 30%, but I didn't mind that shot. Because if you just, just think about the math there, okay? So, if you, if you um, first off, if you ensure that the game is... The, the overtime period is over there, right? You kill the clock. What you are saying is that you are already taking out a, a, a 50% chance that the Southeast got the ball back. And, and it, it's, it's 50-50 once it goes to the next overtime period, okay? So you're already getting a 50% advantage there. And then you're getting a 30% chance to win the game. So th- that's th- it's actually a high percentage play. Like, it's not necessarily a great play because you're like, wow, Raptors could have ran something much better, whatever. They give it to Norm. It seems so simple. But you know what? I didn't hate the play. Now, Norm missed the shot, and it went to overtime. But that was fine. It turned out it was fine because um, Norman Powell delivered 15 points in the first and second overtimes of this game. So he completely made up for that, okay? Uh, and it, I don't even think it was a bad play call by the inside. But Raptors get into overtime. And at this point, it is just like, just, I don't know, man. Back and forth action. Like, the Raptors making a whole bunch of defensive plays. But the Celtics making some tough baskets. I mean, you know, Tatum was making some tough uh, shots. You know, Smart hit a three. Jalen Brown, you know, driving in occasionally. Tice was able to shake free a couple of times and, uh, you know, off the high pick and roll and sort of get free and get lobs for dunks and stuff like that. It was very, very tough. Meanwhile, the Raptors, I wasn't really sure where they're going to go for scoring because, let's be real, like, their, their go-to scorer is like Pascal Siakam. And he, he shot, what did he shoot today? Pascal shot 5 of 19, right? And then there were some Fred, go-to Fred possessions. He shot 7 of 22. Like, I wasn't really sure where the play was going to go to. But what the Raptors ended up doing was they just ended up playing good team basketball. Because a lot of the possessions they had, I mean, Norm had 15 points in the two overtime periods. A lot of that was just him getting open catch and shoots, him making good reads because the defense overloading on him, the ball swinging over to Norm, Norm making the right read to drive against the defense, against the closeout, get, you know, to the spot before the rotation gets there, gets to the foul line. He hit a perfect 7 of 7 in the overtime periods. Norm was fantastic. Norm was fantastic in the overtime periods, and he carried the Raptors on the score. I mean, just look at this. The Raptors, the next highest score in the next two, in the, in the two overtime periods, I believe was Tatum with 8. Like, Norm had double <laughs> the amount of points that Jason Tatum had, man. That's what I'm saying. Norm, Norm, Norm God appeared. Norm God appeared, right? And, and, you know, honestly, Norm God is a little bit of a fickle God if you think about it. Um, he only really appears in times of absolute need. And what I mean by that is like uh, Game 5, 2016, right? First round against Indiana. The Raptors are down double digits. 
uh, I was at this game. The Raptors had not played well. It was a 2-2 series at that point. Raptors are a little bit lucky to be 2-2, even though the fact that they were the 2 seed against the 7 seed itself, uh, the Pacers. But no one could guard <laughs> Paul George, playoff P. That was back when he was actually playoff P. Um, but Norm comes in as a second-round rookie off the bench. He ends up playing the rest of the quarter and uh, over DeMar DeRozan at the time. And then, of course, he comes up with that crucial steal over Paul George, you know, tipping the ball and then getting on transition and dunking that shot. And the Raptors win that game because Solomon Hill forgot to clip his t- uh, fingernails that day, and it, it was just a sliver, a sliver of a of a of a, of a skin cell on the ball when when um, Hill tied the game at the end there. But you know, Norm appeared then, and that's that's why I'm wearing this shirt. By the way, that's the, this is my lucky shirt. I only wear it once per year on the Raptors. Okay, one again, one out of absolute need. I got this shirt. This is one of the free T-shirts they gave out in that 2016 game. Um, the, the the Red Beaver for people who are listening on the podcast. Uh, it, it looks terrible, and, and honestly, it's not a fit whatsoever, but, you know, it, you need it sometimes. And then, Norm God, 2017, right, uh, when the Raptors were, were down, they were down 2-1 in the series, and, you know, Dwayne Casey goes to a surprise move here, starts Norman Powell ahead of Jonas Valanciunas. And the Raptors go small, Norm shoots 12-13 against the Bucks in that series, has a 25-point game, completely reverses and changes the course of history for the Raptors in that year. Uh, 2018, let's just pretend that didn't happen for Norm. That was a lost season. 2019, game three against the Bucks, double overtime. Norm comes in, gives you like, I think, 18 points. He ended up fouling out in that game, but he was dominant in that one. The Raptors needed that one to, to not lose. Game uh, four, when the Raptors even the series 2-2 against the Bucks, that was also a big game from Norm. Um, so, yeah, Norm only appears in the moments where it, it is very, very crucial. And Norm God appeared to save the Raptors there. I mean, it was not stuff that was unsustainable. That's the thing. Norm could do this, man. Norm could do this. We've seen Norm play like this all season, right? Obviously, teams are loading up. Pascal, Fred, Kyle. These guys are big, big-time scorers, okay? The defense is always looking off those guys. So who's the one guy that gets loose? Norman Powell. And what did he have this year? He averaged, what, 16 points? He was almost like 50-40 from the field in terms of 50% from the field, 40% from three. Really, really phenomenal player this year. And it was strange because even against the Nets, he played really well, right? He was one of the Nets, one of the Raptors' best players against the Nets. And then in this Celtics series, all of a sudden, he's getting outplayed by Brad Wanamaker, and it was driving me insane. I could not understand why Norm was not contributing, but I understand it now. Norm God only appears when you need him the most, and Raptors needed him in overtime. He delivered. And not even just in terms of the scoring. He was good in terms of his help schemes, too, right? Like, he was guarding a lot of Jalen Brown. You know, I think that's the better matchup for him. I think Tatum has been really, really problematic for... Norm, but I think Jalen is not as crafty, not nearly as crafty as Tatum is, especially off the dribble. I think Norm can sort of match his athleticism and length there. Uh, Norm got a steal there, a crucial steal that sort of allowed the Raptors to get going and get a key stop. Obviously, every stop in overtime is crucial. And again, 15 points in the two overtime periods. Norm, God, appeared. All right? And he gave the Raptors a transition bucket late in the double overtime there. He gave the Raptors some corner. He gave the, uh, the Raptors a, a three at the top of the arc where OJ Anobi's working a pick and roll, got to the middle of the floor, drew two defenders, and kicked it out to Norm. Like, I, I don't even understand like what, what the stuff that was going on today. But yeah, Norm was fantastic. He finished the game scoring uh, 23 points in 38 minutes. Again, this is a guy who was just completely like disappeared in this whole series 
And I was so disappointed in this man. But again, Norm God appeared. And of course, can't even bear the lead here because he wasn't even the best player for the Raptors tonight. That was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry today was insanely good. All the reaction after the game, if you look from different players, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gay, you know, all these other players are just like watching obviously from the bubble or, you know, outside the bubble, watching the bubble games. Everybody was talking about Kyle Lowry because you have to talk about Kyle Lowry. This is the kind of stuff that puts you in the Hall of Fame. Like, this is... Let me just read you something. Kyle Lowry played 53 minutes and 28 seconds. All right? 53 minutes and 28 seconds. Now, of course, it was a double overtime game. But 53 minutes and 28 seconds. This after in games 3 and 4 where he played a combined 90 minutes. All right? North of 90 minutes. And Kyle Lowry today, 53 minutes, 28 seconds of, of play. Um, he... After the game, it was revealed that he had three stitches on his chin. He got elbowed by Brad Wanamaker, that bum. Has now hurt Lowry three times. He body-checked Kyle Lowry. He kneed him in the nuts. And now he split his chin open on an elbow. Okay? Uh, So Kyle Lowry is, is bruised. He is bloodied. And after playing 53 minutes and 28 seconds, he gets the Raptors to win. He gets the Raptors to win. 33 points from Kyle Lowry. 12 of 20 from the field. 6 of 10 from 3. The defense, the rebounding, the assists. I mean, just the... Ah, man. Like, you know what? (laughs) Honestly, at this point, if anyone... If anybody tells you, oh, Kyle Lowry doesn't appear in the playoffs. Oh, whatever. He's a regular season player. That... Nothing says you're a casual fan of basketball. More than saying that right now. That is the coldest take in 2020. After Kyle Lowry has won a championship. After Kyle Lowry has delivered for his city. After Kyle Lowry has pushed the Raptors to their 7th straight playoff appearance. That pretty much has only happened since Kyle has shown up. He's been the central figure in terms of the players um, on the team. And I'm, I mean the f- performance he put on tonight. Again, the two threes there. In the third, in the, in the second half, where the Raptors were struggling, the Celtics were threatening to go away, and for Kyle to hit those two threes to keep the Raptors in it, just, just, just so gutsy. You know what I mean? Like Kyle has moved beyond this point where, you know what, 2016, you know, going back to this year with the terrible snowballs and all the other ugly T-shirts and the ugly playoff games. To be honest, um, you know, he's moved beyond like the uh, he's not going to shoot or he's going to stay behind late and stuff like that. He's he's confident now, man. Like you have to be, you know how confident you have to be to pull up over some of these guys. Not even just like in the situation, the context of the game. Like, oh yeah, it's the fourth quarter. The Raptors are down. The Celtics are making the run. You're going to take a pull up three over a heavily contested pull up three over Jalen Brown. Not even just the basketball side, but like straight up, it's it's just hard. Like you're probably going to get blocked, and if you do get blocked, it's a run out the other way for a dunk. It, the, the the types of shots Kyle Lowry was hitting. And, of course, Kyle hit the shot at the very end. Raptors were up, I think, one possession game. The Celtics had just made a, 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 you, know, a you know, I think Tatum got to the rim for a two. You know, I think it was a two-point game at that point. Kyle Lowry goes one-on-one against Kemba Walker and hits the turnaround jumper on Kemba. Four-point game that essentially locked it in. Now, Tatum still hit a three at the end there. And the Raptors still had to get Norm some free throws. And he still had to hit those to really ice the win. But Kyle Lowry, the god, 
the Raptors, where is that statue? Like, where is that statue? I mean, listen, when COVID is over, that Kyle Lowry statue of him taking a charge is going to be the number one tourist attraction in Toronto. Forget the CN Tower, okay? Put this somewhere elsewhere, not the CN Tower, okay? Please, enough people go to this, you know, Toronto's uh, downtown core already, all right? Put it somewhere, like North York or something. Draw some, uh, some tourism dollars in North York. Like, no, seriously, wherever Kyle Lowry, his statue is going, that is going to be the number one tourist destination in Toronto because... This man, for what he has done for this city, for for this country, for this you know franchise, unbelievable player, unbelievable player. And of course, the same pattern has played on the Raptors' three wins here in the, against the Celtics. When Kyle Lowry is going, like he was going in Game Three, a phenomenal game in Game Three. Somehow this was better than Game Three, but still a phenomenal game in Game Three. The pass there, right? Really strong start in Game Two. Really allowed the Raptors to win that game wire to wire. And then today, I mean. It's unbelievable. Like, listen, it doesn't even make sense. 53 minutes and 24 seconds. That does not make any sense to me. But Kyle Lowry, 33 points. I mean, he has been sensational. And again, this is the stuff that puts you in the Hall of Fame. This is the stuff that puts you in the Hall of Fame. Because late in your career, you're not being like, oh, it was DeMar DeRozan who was the number one guy. Which we all knew that wasn't necessarily, wasn't true. DeMar shot the ball the most, but Kyle Lowry was the best player on that team by far, Okay. And then it was like, oh, it was, he Kawhi carried into a title. Let's just forget the fact that Kyle Lowry played a very, very important role in that title run. All right, let's forget all that. Well, now what? Now what? Pascal's not playing well. Pascal, Fred shooting 7 of 22. You know what? Norm Powell's the second option with OG as the third option. You got Kyle Lowry here, 33 points, beating the Celtics. Double overtime, the Celtics who have, you know, superstars. Jason Tatum, superstar. Kemba Walker, superstar. Superstar, five points for Kemba in 50 minutes. <laughs> um... Yeah, that. What, I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Again, if you run into anyone who ever tells you that Kyle Lowry is not a playoff player, again, just laugh in their face and move on because it's ridiculous. And Kyle Lowry was... It's Kyle Lowry, man. I'm so thankful for this, man. Kyle Lowry over everything. In this case, literally shot the ball over Kemba. Um, but yeah, this was a phenomenal game. I mean, they had contributions for everybody. Like, you know what? Even though Pascal was struggling, this man hits a key baseline jumper. Where I'm like, holy crap, Pascal, don't take the shot. But still, in overtime, Pascal just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm bricks on everything. I'm missing wide open layups. I could have had a chance to end this game multiple times if I didn't shoot 5 and 19. Still, I have the confidence to shoot a baseline jumper. Sink it. No problem, okay? And that baseline, by the way, was a pretty fruitful spot for the Raptors because you had multiple guys hitting that shot. Now, it was a long two, but... You know, Pascal hitting a shot from there. I don't think he's even shot that since he was a rookie year when that's pretty much all he shot before he learned how to shoot threes. Um, you know, you had OG hit a shot from there uh, off a pass from Kyle in overtime. You had Mark hit a shot from there. I mean, it just seemed like the Raptors were really trying to go for that spot in the mid-range along the baseline. And, you know, um, you know, you know, Pascal... Honestly, you know, he didn't really, uh, he didn't score the ball at all, but the fact that he gave you six assists in a game where you needed some scoring, you needed some creation, that he did a decent job of creating, his handle's not there, his three-point shot's not there, he had some costly turnovers that led to Celtics runouts, but the 54 minutes and the defense that he played in this game, I mean, you can't say Pascal didn't contribute, this is the thing, you want to compare Pascal to a guy like DeMar, the previous star who was in Kawhi, right? The thing with even a guy like DeMar is that even though DeMar is more offensively skilled than Pascal is, let's be real. But the thing with DeMar is that when he didn't score, when he didn't have the ball in his hands, he wasn't useful and he wasn't defending. And look at what the kind of stuff that Pascal is doing. I mean, he wouldn't play this much if he didn't defend like crazy. And he was awesome defensively today for the Raptors, making so many contests at the rim. And again, when the Raptors had no center on the floor. So Pascal was great. 
OG, obviously. I mean, OG, man. <laughs> the rebounding. I mean, like, this, obviously, you know what? You don't have a center on the floor. You're going to need your guy to rebound, all right? And he's playing center. And he goes out there gets you 13 rebounds, securing the defensive glass, making help rotations. I'm so impressed by this performance from OG. Not necessarily because he hit the three at the end or the, 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 the little baseline jumper or whatever. or Even he defended these guys. It's just the fact that you got to put yourself in this situation, right? How many times in his career has OG only played center, right? Yeah, he played center against, like, Nikola Jokic in, like, I don't know, February. <laughs> and it was a random game. And they only played it because Rondé wasn't really cutting it or Boucher wasn't there. And, and Serge and, and Mark were both out. Like, how many times has OG played center? So for OG to shift from a guy playing a traditional small forward role to understand the schemes, to be able to play as the center, which is you're involved in every pick and roll, you are there against some... And it's not not just any pick and roll, by the way. This is a very difficult pick and roll with freaking Kemba Walker, okay? And a lot of times with Jalen Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Like, that's not an easy pick and roll. And so for for, for, for OG... To be able to step right into that role in the fourth quarter with the season on the line and deliver in terms of his defense, uh, being able to switch, being able to rotate, being able to show, being able to make reads, being able to contest, being able to close out possessions with key rebounds. I, it's it's unbelievable, man. He is a defensive savant. Like, he, it, honestly, like if for a guy who's that young, who's never played that position formally in his career, to step into a game like this and do it perfectly... I I, can't, I mean, it's unbelievable. The, the stuff that OG has shown you throughout the course of this playoffs should give you so much hope for the future. Because if this is what OG is doing now, as again, this guy's younger than Terrence Davis. Rookie Terrence Davis. Rookies Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas are both older than OG and OB. Okay, so if this is what OG is giving you now, imagine what's to come. And again... Look what he's already done in this series. He hit the game, th- the, the game winner in game three, all right? Cold-blooded, walks off, didn't react. Says afterwards, I don't shoot, trying to miss. And then today, what did he do today? The defensive rebounding was huge. The offensive rebounding, he got five of those today as well. Uh, 13 points, 13 rebounds. You know, he had a three in overtime where I, be- I forget who was running the pick and roll to him. But OG popped to the top of the floor and just calmly hit the three. And I was like, holy crap, you have the confidence to shoot that? But again, of course he has the confidence to shoot that. He just hit a game winner with a much more difficult shot than that. You know, I I think, honestly, at this point, it's up to us as fans to catch up in terms of our belief in OG as compared to his belief in himself because he clearly believes in himself. And then the defense, I mean, OG was phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. And again, the Raptors don't get this win without OG. And honestly, you look up and down the roster, all the guys who played made contributions, right? Look at a guy like Mark, for example. Only played 50 minutes, 51 seconds. His first shift of the game, miserable, right? He missed another one of those wide-open layups at the rim. He's so frustrated. He's walking to the bench. He's literally about to rip his jersey. He's about to chew on his jersey. He has to walk back out of the camera shot, okay, there's a, there's like a tunnel or whatever, he walked away from the bench, went to the tunnel, just to calm himself down, because that's how much he was struggling, and he didn't play the rest of the first half, the Raptors pretty much didn't need him to play the rest of the first half, but it was a key decision, does Nick Nurse stick with uh, Marcus All in the third quarter, considering the fact that he was struggling that bad in the first half, he was literally on the verge of ripping his jersey, Nick sticks with his players, Nick's, Nick trusts his guys, man, I mean, you know, I, he trusts his guys. And Mark came out in that third quarter, gave them great minutes. Like, the Raptors were able to turn that game around in the third quarter. They were able to turn a deficit, a four-point deficit, into a lead. I think it was an eight-point shift. The Raptors won the third quarter there, 33-25. Uh, to 25. 
a lot of that was Mark. And guess what Mark was doing? Scoring. Scoring. Hitting the three. Because, oh my god, that three has been eluding him pretty much all the bubble. He has not hit a single three against the Celtics all season. They played like, I don't know, eight games now against them. Mark hits two top-of-the-floor threes, which we know he can do. The Celtics love to send their center and try to guard against the Raptors' guards. Obviously, with Kyle going, they were really trying to focus on him. Mark hitting those threes, give the Raptors just a little bit of breathing room, and then he hit a baseline jumper as well. And 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 he also blocked Tatum. I mean, the Raptors had a great start to the third quarter. They've had consistently had great starts in the third quarter. And a lot of that is on Mark, man. I mean, he's played really well in this third quarter. And you know what? He didn't play the rest of the game after checking out. He picked up his fifth foul on like a really, really... I mean, it was a bit of a flop from Kemba. Whatever. There's a lot of flopping in this series. Okay, whatever. You have literally the two premier floppers in the league between Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry. You're going to have a lot of flopping. But uh, he picks up a, 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 his fifth foul on a flop. He doesn't really play pretty much the whole game. Uh, he did actually have a really crucial play, by the way, where he, he was the inbounder at the end of the first overtime where Mark... Uh, where the Raptors were tied and the Raptors were on a short clock... They ran a play with OG going to the basket, and Mark hit him with a perfect overhead pass, leading OG to the rim for a lob. Jason Tatum fouled the crap out of him. Somehow that wasn't free throws on the play. They were like, oh, it was not a shooting play. Please, there's 0.9 seconds on the clock. What else would OG be possibly be doing other than shooting, all right? Well, whatever. No free throws. Whatever. Norm God wins it at the end anyway. Kyle wins it at the end anyway. You know what? But, um... But yeah, Mark, you know, he, he the little bit of contribution, the little bit of time he played, he was still solid. And I thought he was pretty good. Again, the Raptors' matchup didn't really require nor, uh, Mark to play. But uh, listen, in those 16 minutes, he was a plus five. He had the eight points, man, the two threes. I just, and again, I'm just happy for him personally because, uh, you know what, the way he was p- fist pumping after making threes, it, it, it looked like Rondé in that 30-point comeback where the free throw were dropped. Like, you know, like, Mark is... Really, really good player. He's a really proud player. Obviously, he's in his, his last couple of days as a player, last couple of years as a player. But he's still he's he's too good to struggle like this. And I was happy to see him play. Surge, unbelievable from Surge, man. So he goes from a guy wearing a walking boot after game after game five. Uh, you know, uh, he the practice the day after he's wearing a walking boot. He says, you know what, woke up, didn't feel great on it. You know, we'll see what happens for game six. And then what happens in game six? He's just as fresh as ever, man. The, the three threes in a row there. That got the Raptors out of the rut because the Raptors have consistently had this pattern, even in their wins, even in their losses. They're, they're, the second quarter there, they just bog down, they get down, and the Celtics were able to uh, go ahead by double digits. Surge, even those three threes right there, really pulled the Raptors out of that rut. Raptors were able to build some momentum from there and close a, third, a second quarter strong, actually. They only cut it to, two, uh, to four at half. And, you know, Serge was a phenomenal part of that. Serge, you know, decent with the rim protection, the three blocks in 21 minutes. Again, Serge played really well in that second quarter. He had to pick it up really hard for Mark because he was a non-factor in the first half. Mark got it going eventually. But, yeah, Serge was really good. Now, the thing is, Serge defensively got cooked. Got cooked in that uh, start of the fourth quarter there. You know, a lot of that was just um, the Celtics targeting him in pick and roll. And Serge not being able to, uh, to to sort of keep up. And, of course, then having to have a third rotation at the rim to help that leaves someone open the perimeter. Uh, you know, and, of course, Nick remedied that by going smaller. But I thought Serge did his job. He did it really well. And, again, considering the fact that he was on an ankle injury, pretty phenomenal. And then even a guy like Matt Thomas. You know what? Propaganda hour with Matt Thomas. This is Alex's favorite part of the podcast. Matt played six minutes and 23 seconds there, all in the second quarter. 
Not bad. Not bad in those minutes. First of all, uh, Matt Thomas is a plus eight. And defensively, again, people just keep thinking that, oh my God, there's Matt Thomas. He's a walking KFC $10 mighty bucket for two. Let me get let me get a bucket on him. It's not happening. It's not. First off, a lot of these guys aren't great. Brad Wanamaker, if you want a one-on-one against Matt Thomas, be my guest. If you can just do that instead of Kemba Walker running a pick and roll, fantastic. I'll, I'll, you can have a whole game of, of one-on-one against Matt Thomas. But no, Matt Thomas plays within the scheme. He plays hard. He plays defense. You know what? He's guided people into help. Marcus Smart's trying to take him one-on-one, you know. You know, and he's he's done well, man. And of course, offensively, you look at it. Okay, he's not getting a shot off, right? He he had a semi-open three. He missed that in and out. And then he had a really really contested banked in long two from uh, while getting guarded from Marcus Smart. What that should tell you though is that the Celtics really fear this man because they've had Marcus Smart guarding him, not just today but yesterday in Game Five as well. They had Marcus Smart guarding this man. Now here's the thing. Marcus Smart is the Celtics' best perimeter defender by far. By far. I mean, he was first team all defense. Uh, or first or second team, I believe it was announced today. And it deserves it. Marcus is really good defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know what? They put him on Matt Thomas. And, again, A, that tells you how dangerous Matt Thomas is as a shooter. They really don't want him to get off. And then, B, if... Marcus Smart is guarding Matt Thomas. That means Fred isn't being guarded by Matt Thomas. That means or that means Fred is not being guarded by Marcus Smart. That means Kyle's not getting guarded by Marcus Smart. Somebody's got a better advantage elsewhere just because Matt Thomas is on the floor. So Matt has been really solid. Don't think he'll play that much, especially with Norm playing well. If anything, Matt was going to take some of Norm's minutes. But if Norm's going to play like the way he did, obviously Norm's going to play ahead of uh, of Matt. And I'm happy that Nick Nurse stuck with Norm ahead of Matt. But Matt, he's entrenched himself as that seventh, as that eighth man in this in this series, and he's done well. He's been a plus in a lot of those games, and he was a plus tonight. So, again, just an all hands on deck kind of effort. Fred chasing Kemba all night. I mean, Kemba scoring five points, five points for Kemba Walker in fifty one minutes and forty one seconds. You know how good of a defensive effort you got to have from Fred to do that? Phenomenal stuff. And I thought the Raptors did actually a good job at the start of the game. Really taking Kemba out of the play because they pretty much opened the game on a box and one. I've never seen teams open games with zone. This is not, you know, Jim Beheim running zone for Syracuse, okay? Like a 24-7. Like, the Raptors opened the game with zone. Even against Steph Curry, they didn't open the game with a box and one on Steph in the finals last year. Uh, the Raptors opened the game with a box and one. They really forced Kemba to give up the ball early. He never established the rhythm. Now, the thing with Kemba is he can still make a tough jumper here and there. He's still a very lethal player. But the fact that the Raptors took him out of his rhythm early, sort of pushed the offense elsewhere, pushed the possessions elsewhere. The Celtics still capitalized, and that shows you how good of a team they are. But the Raptors boxing one scheme at the start of the game, took Kemba out of it. And again, the guy finished with five points in 52 minutes played, man. That's like two possessions for Norm. <laughs> so just fantastic stuff, man. Fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, Fred, just a dominant defensive effort. Now, sometimes I would wish Fred didn't ISO so much in crunch time and sort of call his own number and drive to the rim and just throw up these, like, very, very contested left to hand the layups, but listen, it is what it is, man. If you're giving me that much defensively, I can't hate for what you give me offensively. Just period. So, uh, just again, a phenomenal game. A historic all time effort from the Raptors to win in double overtime. The Raptors shot the three ball well, especially in overtimes. Um, you know, 19 of 47 for 40%. That's actually their best three point shooting performance of the series. The Celtics shot pretty well themselves, 19 of 46. The corner threes really give the Raptors issues. The Raptors obviously. I mean, honestly, the corner threes was a big issue in game one. And then afterwards, it wasn't really that much of an issue anymore. I, 
I mean, sure, they'll go back through the tape and sort of figure it out, but it felt like that as soon as the Raptors went smaller, had a little bit more speed on the floor, and could sort of fly around and rotate, their corner threes weren't as there. The Celtics had a couple of possessions there where they were just, they had the advantage, they had a semi-good look, they kept trying to pass the ball, and then eventually had turnovers. Like, the Raptors' defense was getting in their heads eventually, and that's what you love to see, but... It was tough. I mean, and again, it was also good shot making, like Semi Ojale hitting two threes, Grant Williams hitting two threes. You still can't get over how much Grant Williams sounds like he signed the, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence. Um, Marcus Smart being just completely wet from three. Um, Jalen Brown, you know, hitting his threes. Like, you know, there's a lot of good efforts here today from the Celtics, but not enough. Not enough. Again, the Raptors, you know what? The Celtics should have, they should have closed business. Should have closed business. After uh, what they had 0.5 seconds away from being up 3 nothing, And then, you know, they, they should have uh, taken a business today after that great start. Except Serge gets them back into the game. They should have taken care of business when all their guys were hitting threes nonstop. And the Raptors looked, you know, like they were about to lose. They should have taken care of business at the end of the first overtime. On the, the second overtime, they couldn't. Raptors, baby. Raptors, you know? Like, this is the thing. We talk all season about never underestimate the heart of a champion. Like, Every single game, the Raptors show that to you. Every single game. Now, of course, some games they don't show up, and it's very strange because obviously the team that showed up today in game uh, six is not the team that showed up in game five, but when they put their minds to it, unbelievable. Unbelievable team. It's I'm so proud of this team. This team is it's beyond your wildest dream. It's like you found some money on the floor, you found a fiver on the floor, and then you bought a lottery ticket with it, and all of a sudden you were in a Game 7 about to knock out the Celtics and move on to the Miami Heat, which, honestly, all due respect to the Heat, they've been playing really well. But if the Raptors play the Heat in the Conference Finals, I, I would have preferred that to Milwaukee. So, you know, it's... And, and again, after losing Kawhi, this is what you get. It's, this is just a storybook season, and it refuses to end. And we have a Game 7. The Raptors have momentum. Norm has shown up. Marcus finally hit some threes. Serge looks healthy again. You know, yeah, Pascal's not scoring, but that's, I mean, I don't know, man. A lot of things are going the Raptors' way. A lot of things are going the Raptors' way. And uh, do, uh, are the Celtics really going to get all these points from Marcus Smart again? We'll see. We will see. Um, in terms of your three stars from this game, uh, first star, I'm giving that to Kyle Lowry, obviously. Fantastic. Another game for the all time Pantheon. 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block, 12 of 20 from the field, six of 10 from three. 53 minutes, 28 seconds played. He had three stitches, three or four from the free throw line. One game winner at the end there. Playing most of the overtime periods on five fouls. Mr. Kalari, Mr. Kalari, everything. Mr. Raptor. Unbelievable. Greatest player in franchise history. All right. Missed me with that Kawhi one season stuff. Or Vince Carter had some nice dunks. Or Chris Bosh. I don't I don't even know what Chris Bosh did, to be honest. He's nowhere even close. Or DeMar scored a lot of points. Nah, man. It's Kalari. It's Kalari. It's Kalari. And we see it today. Kalari, first star. Uh, second star, Norman Powell, 23 points, uh, one, uh, two rebounds, an, uh, an assist, two steals, a block, six of 11 from the field, three of six from three. Honestly, all I care about is the overtime production, the 15 points in overtime. The only shot he missed being that one um, late game play that I described where, uh, you know, he killed the clock and t- t- took a pull up. Norman was, you know, just ice cold, man. I mean, the, the, the free throws, too. Seven of seven from the free throw line. Raptors low-key were having issues in the free throw line, right? Because before that, the Raptors, you know, OG missed a pair. You know, Pascal split, you know, two of four. You know, Kyle missed a free throw. Like, it was just annoying seeing people leave these points on the line. But Norm Powell. <laughs> Norm Powell, baby. A perfect seven of seven in overtime. 
ice in his veins. Norm God appears, saves the Raptors. Thank you, Norm. Thank you so much. And again, I apologize for that rant in Game 5. I was only disappointed because I knew you could play like this. And finally, you played like this. I'm so happy. Norm God, man. Raptor legend. All right? Raptor legend. He really only appears when you absolutely need him. And then your third star, there's a lot of places you can go with this. But I'm going to give it to OG because the defense that he had to play in this game as the small ball center, exhausting. I'm tired just talking about it, man. 13 points, 13 rebounds, an assist, a steal, 5-11 from the field, 2-3 from 3, including a 3 in double overtime there. I couldn't believe that he took that shot. Not necessarily because I don't think that OG should be shooting clutch shots. Because obviously he already hit the clutchest shot of the whole series. But for OG to hit that 3 at the end there, it just... I don't know, man. It's just, it just shows you, again, like, all these guys, this is the thing. I was talking to my, you know, um, my boss at Yahoo briefly after uh, the game ended. And I was talking to him about the fact that, you know, he, he was saying, you know, this game, this year feels so different. Like, it's just, everything feels so tenuous. But I think the difference is you don't have a guy like Kawhi who you can just turn to all the time. The ultimate comfort blanket is giving the ball to Kawhi Leonard with 4.3 seconds left, driven to his right. No, um, the ultimate comfort in the NBA is giving Kawhi Leonard the ball in the high post, him facing up. Because it, it's a guaranteed bucket every time. Of course, he's amazing defensively as well. This year, obviously, no Kawhi. The Raptors have to figure everything out. Figure everything out. And you have to trust you guys to step into bigger roles. And, of course, they did that in the regular season. That's why they finished the year with the second most wins of the entire league. And that's why they're in this position now, because they trusted Norm to come in late, give you production. They trusted Mark. Okay, he had a horrendous first half, and of course, game five, he was beyond terrible. He comes in in the second, in the third quarter there, gives you a big boost, the Raptors get the lead. You, They've trusted Fred. They've trusted Pascal. Even though Pascal's bricking, they're still trusting Pascal. They're still trusting guys like OG, and these guys are stepping up, and they're, they're stepping up now in crucial playoff moments. And that's growth as a franchise. That's growth. That's how you grow your players is you trust them in bigger, 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 bigger spots. And OG today, man. In the fourth quarter there, the last you know few buckets for the Raptors. Raptors down three. What do they do? OG Anobi runs a play. He drives, draws two defenders, kicks it out to Norm for a 28-footer. That ties the game 115 all. And then the next time down after the Raptors allow a Daniel Tice alley-oop, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry runs pick and roll with OG Anobi. OG Anobi uh Pops, and I was like, I can't believe he's going to take this three. And he takes that three, gives the Raptors a one-point lead with uh, 57 seconds left in the game. <laughs> you know? OG, baby. OG. He is really, really blossoming, and we are so happy to see it. Uh, very, very proud of him. And, yeah, so those are your three stars. But, honestly, man, give everyone who played today a star. Even Pascal, I'll give him a star. You know what? Because I talk about Kyle playing 53 minutes, 28 seconds. Pascal played 54 minutes and 14 seconds, all right? He played more. All right, obviously he didn't shoot the three well, but damn, Pascal gave you gave it to you defensive and if Pascal can just have like a decent game like he did in game four, I like the Raptors' chances, man. I like the Raptors. He had a lot of good looks today. He got a lot of layups. They just didn't drop, but I like the process. Those are going to go in, man. Those are going to go in. I believe. I believe in Pascal. So, terms of Gerald Henderson Ward, that's got to go to Marcus Smart. Twenty three points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. This man looks like one of those. Have you watched the Discovery Channel? In like the uh, you know in British Columbia, which looks really beautiful, I can't wait to uh, take a uh, I don't know whatever the Raptor season ends, take a vacation out there and, and really enjoy the West Coast, really enjoy the Pacific Northwest. Super underrated. But anyway, have you seen the Pacific? Uh, have you seen the Discovery Channel when they go out there and they go to one of these like streams on the beautiful Rockies Mountains, and you have these rivers 
and they're teeming with fish, you know, these salmon, and they're swimming upstream because, you know, salmon are weird like that. And when the salmon jump out of the water, and they're, like, just, like, obviously, they have, you know, they're just flopping around. That's, like, Marcus Smart the whole game is one of these salmon, and it's actually really impressive. Because when I when I watch the Discovery Channel and stuff, and I watch a salmon jump, like, 20 feet out of the water, I'm really impressed. How's a fish jumping for his stuff, right? And, and so, you know, for Marcus, it, it's, it's a... It's equal parts athleticism, it's equal parts theatrics, it's equal parts shamelessness. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, Marcus Spark getting into it at the end of the game when he missed a, a go-ahead, a, a tying three. I don't know what the Celtics were doing on the last possession. For some reason, actually, maybe let's go back on that. Forget the forget the David Attenborough shit for a second, okay? Uh, with I think five seconds left, Norman Powell hit two free throws. The Raptors are up one twenty five, one twenty two. Celtics out of timeouts at this point, right? So they got to go the whole length of the floor. Um, for some reason, Jason Tatum takes the ball out of bounds, which made no sense whatsoever. The one guy you want taking that shot was Tatum. He's inbounding now. The thing is, he couldn't even inbound the ball to like Walker, who I guess would have been the next best choice, um, or even Jalen Brown. But those guys were all getting denied, right? Pascal smartly decides not to guard the inbounder. No, no taco fall shit, right? No, 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 I'm wave my hands, whatever. Kyle Irving's gonna throw it right over me. Right? None of that stuff. Uh, Pascal turns. He goes to deny the inbound pass to anyone who was coming in the backcourt. And I believe it was Brown coming back. It was I think Tice and also Kemba trying to get the ball in the half court for the uh, for the Celtics. They couldn't inbound the ball. Tatum has to because they had no timeouts left. He has to throw the, the heave. Down the end of the court to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart catches the ball. He, he shoots this like wild three with a foot on the line. So that wouldn't even tie the game in the first place. Even if he did hit a miraculous shot. Obviously it misses because he's Marcus Smart. Um, and afterwards, there's 0.5 seconds. Raptors had to inbound the ball. And on the inbound play, you know, Smart runs into Marcus All and then drags him down and flops then. And afterwards, when the Raptors are walking up the court, Marcus Smart's trying to talk trash. So I forget who it was. I think Fred or whoever. I'm not even sure who it was, but just angry as hell. I, I don't understand Marcus Smart. But he actually had a fantastic game. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, hit six threes, uh, you know, played 49 minutes uh, of, of, you know, just an exhausting effort, especially considering... This man was flopping all over the place. There's another play that he had where, you know, it was a loose ball. I think Fred threw this wild pass back out to the perimeter. He wasn't looking. And he was trying to find Mark on a desperation heave. Marcus Mark intercepts the pass. Great play. Catches the ball. He bumps into Mark. I'm like, okay, that's a foul. Great defensive. Just honestly fantastic. But what does he do? Watch the replay of that game, uh, that play. Because he catches the ball. He's midair. And then he literally slides down the length of Mark's body like he's one of those like slides at Disneyland. And goes out of his way to fall on his tailbone. Which, if anyone's falling on your tailbone, it hurts like crazy. He fell on his tailbone just to sell the call that was already going to be called. So this man's dedication to flopping, you have to give him the Gerald Henderson Award. Not only that, give him a Juno. Uh, give him a uh, an Oscar, like just anything, man. Best supporting actor, best you know main actor, whatever, man. Just give him all the awards. Best screenplay, like you know, honestly, Marcus Smart, man. That guy is a theatrical dude. This guy, you know, uh, he's just you know he looks like Bulbasaur, you know, like he he just he he just moves around like just he he he's really good at flopping. Like honestly, as a Kyle Lowry fan, to see someone as good, if not better, at flopping than Kyle Lowry, it's kind of amazing to be honest i thought kyle would be the goat flopper unfortunately he's not even the best flopper in the series that's not something i would have ever said about kyle Lowry, but alas marcus congratulations a great game and so uh going forward the raptors uh play game seven 
at 9 p.m. on Friday. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else I'll be able to, able to think about. And if you're anything like me, you're probably going to want to talk about the Raptors. And so the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show with me and Josh Hart will be taking place tomorrow. That is uh, Thursday uh, more afternoon. Now, normally we do 12 p.m. Normally we do 12. I got a conflicting issue there. I can't do 12. 2 p.m. All right, Thursday, call in, 2 p.m. Eastern, watch live on the Iowa Sports Canada YouTube page. Me and Josh be taking calls from Raptor fans ahead of Game 7. Please make sure to call in tomorrow. Again, that's 2 p.m. Uh, on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, what a game. What a game. What a game. Shout out to the sponsor, KFC. Shout out to everyone for listening. Shout out to Norm. Shout out to all these Raptors, man. I, I can't believe the season is going the way it is. It is such a fun year. And I'm not ready for it to end. I'm never ready for this season to end. So game seven, anything can happen. Norm's here. Kyle's here. You know, let's do this. Let's do this, right? Because listen, the game seven, if the Raptors win game, I'm sorry, when the Raptors win game seven, the, the slander pod that will follow will be worth it. So please, Raptors, do this. All right, so thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks to Casey for sponsoring. And again, call in tomorrow, Thursday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. Watch live, yeah, Sports Canada. Me and Josh Hart. Raptors, baby. Raptors. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.